Corner store philosophy, wine prophets who probably felt the greatest hide and chased that dragon into poverty, inherited a lower self-esteem and a lack of knowledge, got they refund checks and turned they back to college. Who needs a degree to survive in these streets? Weather 400 degrees, juveniles chasing dreams. Hustling harder for smaller returns, they call it life shit, we live and we learn. What's up world? It's JP1, aka Jackpot the Chosen One, representing Detroit to the fullest. Right now, you politicking with Poe on Poe Politicking. Let's get it. PoePolitikin.com I'm now politicking with the clinical psychologist, Dr. Bill Diamond. How you doing today? Uh, great to be on your show. Yeah, appreciate it. And I know along with Dr. Marcus Dayhoff, you're the author of The Fire Your Excuses. Yeah, Fire Your Excuses. We've had it out for a couple years now or so, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, actually, I got me a copy, so next time I see you, I, I need to autograph. Now, have you taken the, the free assessment to see how you're doing? No. <laughs> yeah, because you can take that self-assessment at fireexcuse.com. We've had about 1,300 people take it, so you can kind of see how you measure up, buddy. Okay, so I'm going to take it right after this interview. Okay, great. All right, so the first thing, before we talk about the book a little bit more, I just want you to talk about some of your daily habits and rituals. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing that has been transformational for me as somebody, you know, trying to get my own story out there, and I know a lot of your listeners are, you know, fans of hip-hop or trying to get their own music out or do their own thing, it's been to have a weekly personal business meeting. And uh, it's amazing, you know, when I get around and speak, how few people do that. They just don't uh, ever sit down once a week, grab a cup of coffee or whatever, and say, what do I want this week? And, and I always say, hey, if you don't plan your week, there's plenty of people there to plan it for you, you know, plenty of people that have agendas for you. And so when I get a chance to sit down and say, okay, you know, am I going to get some exercise in this week, and what days am I going to do that, and actually to put them right in my calendar, um, am I going to work on my projects? Uh, maybe for your listeners, it could be working on your music or, or um, their platform or whatever they want to work on. Um, those kinds of things that are the biggest things, including for us, it was writing the book. Um, you know, the world wasn't going to stop until we did that. So we really got in the habit of trying to schedule half hour, an hour, once a week, just to kind of roll everything back and not just respond to everybody else and do that. So that's the one thing that I do every week, and it makes a huge difference. The other thing I do, and we talk about this in the book, is uh, I connect with three or four people just to keep my, my attitude, my motivation, my optimism where it needs to be. So I have friends that I connect with, and I just kind of see those as kind of cheap therapy. You know, it's free. We get together. We hang out a little bit. Maybe we do it on the phone, but we try to get together. I'm going to meet a friend right afterwards uh, today just because uh, it makes uh, me work better, and it puts me in a better mood. So those are a couple things I do every single week. And then speaking of planning, some, some things I do, I have a daily planner. And also, I had just got this this year, I have a, like a dry erase board calendar so I can write yeah, it in there. Yeah, that's great. So what are some techniques you use? Well, I like to use um, an app called Wonderlist, and there's lots of them out there. You know, that's the one I'm on to right now. It's kind of like Evernote, if your listeners know about that, you know, just a place to uh, store ideas for Evernote. Kind of that's more of a note-taking platform that kind of syncs on your smartphone and all your computers if you set it up that way. Wonderlist is W-U-N-D-E-R-L-I-S-T. And it's a place where I just uh, have categories, and I say, okay, what am I going to do for this business? I have a couple businesses. What am I going to do for this? What am I going to do for my wife and I? So if, if you say, hey, Chris, I really need that video. Can you send that over? I like that idea. You know, what is that link? I'm going to probably get off the phone and just drop myself a note 
in that category for fire excuses. So uh, when I see it, it'll just remind me. When I do my personal business meeting, if I've forgotten something, I'll see it there in the Wonderlist app. So that really helps me to stay on track. Okay. And then can you talk about your background a little bit more and talk yeah, about sure. how you got involved in psychology? Yeah, you know, when I was in school, um, I really enjoyed helping people, and I thought maybe I would be a medical doctor. I started off that way, and even as a little kid, I thought, boy, that'd be cool to go help people. I spent a summer in Africa, and in my in my college time, I spent a summer there. I had some friends over there, and I was so fortunate at 19 to go over for a summer. And I saw uh, some things going on in the operating room. I saw a baby being born. I mean, it was an amazing time, but I came back and thought, well, maybe I'd like to work more with people's personalities. You know, talk to them rather than kind of be the mechanic of the body. So I switched over to psychology, and I thought, well, I'm just going to be a regular therapist. But then when I got into graduate school, um, all my friends in school were all pretty introverted, and they loved the idea of just seeing people in their office and shutting the door behind them. And I said, you know, I want to get out there and talk to people more. I, I had been a student body president at my little school, and I had a chance to work with a lot of people and travel some. And I said, I like this idea of positive psychology and coaching and getting out in the workplace rather than just like you come see me in my office. So I do see some people in my office. I do like the one-on-one, but I love having the mix of speaking, coaching, and then seeing people in my office. So that's kind of my typical week. I do all three. I do some coaching and consulting. I speak to people, and I do a lot of webinars. So half of my speaking is like this, just over the phone um, in a podcast setting, and then I see some clients. So that's the mix, but it's a little different than a lot of people in my field, but I love the mix. Okay. And why did you decide to write the book, Fire Your Excuses? Well, I needed to fire my own, and Marcus and I, I went to college with him, so we've known each other for years, and we, we had seen a lot of things over the years, and we kind of did the math um, over you know two and a half decades at that point, so I'm an old dude, and we saw just things that people were stumbling over over and over again in our office. So we said, you know, let's just write a book that talks about all these things, put it in one place, and say, what are the eight areas where people wrestle the most? You know, where do they tend to make the most excuses? And, you know, we got to be up front. You know, just because a person uh, struggles with something doesn't necessarily mean they have an excuse. You know, an excuse means, you, you know, you don't want to know, la, 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 la. You know, put your fingers in your ears and pretend you're cool when you're not. And we see plenty of people like that, that if they would just get a little bit of help, you know, they go to the next level, whether it's coaching or counseling. Counseling. And and so there's there's that aspect, and then there's just areas we wrestle with. So we saw some excuses, and we said it's time to fire them. We're saying, you know, it's game time. We're not getting any younger, and it's not going to be someday. And I don't know about but your listeners, but I can tell you for us, um, we wrote the book, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, a little bit on a Saturday. It took us four years to finish because we didn't have any time. And it wasn't in those situations where, you know, you go to a cool hotel or get up in the mountains and write for three or four weeks and come out of the room with this really cool product. Um, that was never going to happen. We had to do it little by little by little, and it took a long time. But having this product has changed my life, and I'm so glad I did it. I, I do some things differently, but I can tell you that um, it was one of those things that where there was never going to be time to do, but we had to carve out little bits of time late at night to work on it for years. Um, we couldn't even do it in one year. And then who is the book not for? Okay, yeah. yeah. We talked a little bit about this, and, you know, we were kind of naive, Chris, in the sense that we thought, well, and when you think, you know, everybody's got excuses to fire. You know, there's nobody who wouldn't benefit from learning about how to fire their excuses, how to go to the next level. Problem was, not everybody cares. 
And uh, here's the here's the kind of interesting thing. And if you're an artist of any kind, and I kind of consider myself a writing artist, a speaking artist. So if you kind of resonate with the artist kind of way of being, uh, you'll you'll kind of think, hey, everybody should get your tune. Everybody should get your uh, your work. And you know what? There are people that just don't like it. They don't want it. So here's what we found. Uh, we've spoken on the book, you know, 30, 40, 50 times over the last few years. And as we have spoken on the book, and what we found is some audiences will buy up the book like nobody's business, and other times it's just total crickets. And you think, wow, they, they really need this topic, but they don't care. Well, here's the people that don't seem to care. If, if you kind of get a cushy job, if no matter what you do, you get paid, you get a raise, you know, you get a promotion, if you're set, you don't have to worry about it, then the book's probably not for you. If you're a solopreneur, which is somebody, of course, that's working on their own, trying to make their own things happen, or an entrepreneur, probably a little bit more formal about that, maybe trying to build a team or a company, you know, those folks tend to really love the book. And if you're in a company and you work for somebody else, but you know you got something you want to do on the side, the book is for you. So we've had uh, probably five or six times where everybody in the audience bought a book. And when everybody in the audience buys a book, you know you've hit your, your ideal market. And, and I, I love this saying. This is um, a saying from John Lee Dumas, and some of your listeners may know him. You may know him, Chris. He, he's the guy who's yeah. the head of a podcast, uh, Entrepreneur and Fire. And he basically says, there are riches in the niches. And so as we begin to say, hey, our book isn't for everybody, we'd like to think that, but it is for this niche of solopreneur, entrepreneur, people who work for others, but they want to do more, and they know if they get their head on straight, they're going to make 10000 more this year or, or more. That's our, that's our audience. If that's, if that's the person listening, they're going to love it. And so by niching down first, finding that special audience, and then once you make a name going bigger, that's the way to do it. But we kind of did it backwards. We made a mistake because we didn't know what we were doing. And now we're looking for the riches and the niches. So there you go. All right. And then I'm also, I'm a member of Podcast Paradise yeah, with John. Yeah, so you know John. Yeah, so shout out to John. Yeah, I'll be sending him a little change every month. So we cool. Yeah, we, <laughs> he's a good man. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to, well, you kind of hit a, hit a nerve a little. Well, yeah, you hit a, you hit a nerve. I want to ask you something. Because okay, you, yeah, you were saying people, like the complacent people. But what, what if you have people that's like, they're in that rut, but they don't really, they're like, man, this is not, this is not life to me. I want to get out of that. They want to break out of that. So is the book for them? Yes. That's, that's the person who feels the pain. That's the person who knows they can do more. But when a person just kind of mildly feels like, Hey, I need to lose a little weight and be a little bit better about this. That's not for them. But yeah, people that are hungry, people, and as they say, you know, you speak to your audience's pain points and that's a person who's feeling some pain. Um, part of that group for us is uh, our people in their career that are halfway through and they know they can do more and they need to get out of there. Uh, those people really like this kind of message. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a lot of people that haven't made a big move yet, but they're ready. And, and I like one person said to me years ago, he said, Bill, he, he said, uh, don't take away your coaching or, or psychology client's pain. Don't just go in there and, you know, make them feel good because that won't help them change. You got to highlight their pain and then say, you know, let's choose your pain. There's the pain of staying where you are on that fence post that's hurting, and there's the pain of the fear of change, and which pain is worse. And I, I really find that we don't change until we, pain is bad enough. So that's how I see it. You probably agree with me on that one. Okay. And then what type of excuses does your book address? Well, we look at eight areas of excuses, and these were just kind of eight general areas that we had seen with our clients. You know, one is, of course, having a blind spot and not being willing to look at them. 
And when you know you're stuck, you know you may know not know what your blind spot is, but you know that you got one. And you need to go back and talk to somebody. And I meet a lot of people that, you know, they're going to do okay in life, um, maybe in their job. They're going to do okay in the relationship, but not both. Uh, they're going to do all right, but they're not going to do extraordinary because they get some blind spots and they're just too proud to go in and talk to somebody and dig it out. And I'm always up for letting sleep, sleeping dogs lie. But if they're not really asleep, you know, you got to go back and, you know, touch, tag that base. So that's the first one. Uh, the other one is uh, social connections, you know, the idea that we do better together. Uh, I love this one guy said, uh, uh, if, if your dreams don't require a team, they're too small. And I might say, hey, these days, uh, if you don't have a team, I don't care how smart you are, you're not going to do it. So social connections are huge for maintaining motivation, your mood. Uh, You've got to have it. So uh, we say don't try harder, get more connected. Then the other one is uh, health and wellness. Um, you know, it's really crazy that a lot of people think they're going to live a long time, but only 25% of Americans, when they hit their 70s, early 70s, 72 years old, can even walk a brisk quarter mile. So we have to say, hey, what's going to make us in that zone where we're going to be riding bikes, doing things, swimming, having a good time well into our 70s, 80s, and beyond? Uh, it's not going to happen because we just think it will. We've got to do some things now in our 20s, 30s, 40s, or we're not going to be able to recover when we get older. Another one would be communication. You know, everybody thinks they're a good communicator, but not so much everybody, not so many people are. I love what uh, Dennis Prager says. He says, you know, never tell longer than a three-minute story. And then just see what people say when you stop. If they don't ask any follow-up, they don't care. You know, don't talk for, you know, 15 minutes and then uh, take a quick breath and continue. Uh, other ones, uh, I'll mention a few others. Uh, finances, a lot of people are really upside down financially, way overextended. You know, they're, they kind of want the life, but they don't want the, uh, the future. Um, we also talk about serving, you know, at the end of the day. I come from a Christian background. Other people may be from different backgrounds or not really religious. But I can tell you, you know, uh, the research is very clear that people live longer. Uh, people are happiest when they're, they're serving. They've done uh, studies where they give people 20 bucks, and you can either go to the movies with it or you can give part of it away. And it's very clear people who give some of that away are, are much happier than people that just say, hey, thanks very much. I'm going to the movies or I'm going to buy an album. So, so the idea of, of that. Um, obviously, career is an area where we have excuses. Um, these are these are all different the ones that we address. So that's kind of a uh, most of the list here for you. All right. And I had another question. Say you were saying like like say if somebody wants to go from good to great, what it, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I would say find great people and spend time with them, no matter what it costs, no matter what it takes. Uh, about three years ago, I, I really get into this idea, and I started my own mastermind group. And I know, Chris, you and I talk sometimes about how important that can be. And just by surrounding myself uh, with some other people, one guy in the, the group runs a company that's worth $90 million. Uh, we got a couple other millionaires. we got people like myself that are not quite a millionaire, but we're, we're always uh, helping each other out, and we're friends, and we've been doing it now for six, six of us guys for three years. So if there are uh, you know, five millionaires and you're the sixth person to join the group, you're pretty soon going to be a millionaire if you stick with it and learn from each other. If you're, everybody you know is in shape and they're running triathlons and you're out of shape, uh, believe me, when you reach for that second or third cookie, they're going to say, buddy, what are you doing, man? You know, so uh, who you hang out with, who you spend time with, that's all the most important thing. I get a lot of friends, a lot of people I know, but the core people I choose for my closest people are very carefully chosen. So choose who you will hang out with because you will begin to look like them. So how does it, I guess, how can you permanently change your habits? Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. And same kind of thing I would say is that you don't change them in isolation. 
uh, if you've been trying to lose the same 10 pounds or get in shape or do this or make make this, and you just every New Year's you write it down somewhere or you commit to it, you know, if I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to be betting against you. And, and you know, a lot of research, there's a couple schools that study this a lot, and what we find is that, you know, just having in your head, well, you've got, you don't even have a prayer, you know, you get about 4% chance. You write it down, uh, you've got maybe 20% chance to doing it. But you start writing them down, sharing with somebody, getting in a group, you're up to 75%. So if you just think you're going to sit there in your little room and write down your goals and then you're going to go for it, it's just not going to happen for most people. That's a one out of 20 chance, and that's those aren't good odds. So you've got to get around people that are all motivated. Uh, you could meet in a Starbucks. You know, you could do it virtually on the phone. You could do it, you know, with Skype or FaceTime or whatever. But you've got to get around some people that are serious. And, and we know a lot of people are not that serious. You know, there's a lot of great people that want to do it someday, but once in a while you meet somebody that you know. Like, Chris, when I met you, I knew you were a serious man. I knew that you were going somewhere. You you came across that way. You're doubling down. And, um, you know, there's that old saying that deep people respond to deep people, and uh, I think that's great. And you'll meet them out there. You'll see them at a party, maybe one out of 20, one out of 50 people, and you say, that guy's got it going on. I'm going to have coffee with him. I'm going to talk to him on the phone. There you go. All right. And where can they... Check out your book, Fire Your Excuses. Yeah, you can get Fire Your Excuses in Kindle or hardback uh, on Amazon. I think you can get it on barnesandnoble.com as well. Uh, you can get it from us at our website, fireexcuses.com, through PayPal. But you know, a lot of people just go to uh, Amazon or they go, they stream it down from uh, Kindle. It's, it's a lot cheaper with Kindle if you want to go that route. I think we also have it in the iBook format and, as well as some others. So uh, we're, we've been asked to do an audio book, and we're going to be doing it soon. So uh, the, the audience has spoken, and we're kind of surprised we'd never get around to do that, but it's time to do that. Man, I know you got a special offer for the listeners today, so... <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You know, maybe you're saying, hey, I don't know where to start. And uh, I, I wanted to create just a simple one sheet that gives you seven things. If you take action on the seven things, they'll really make for an extraordinary 2016. And all you do is just go to fireexcuses.com forward slash action, lowercase, just action, fireexcuses.com forward slash action. And you can just download that and you can work through some of that. Uh, if you want to chat with me, you want to ping me, uh, I'm available online. Uh, you can always say, hey, how do I follow up? But that's a great place to get going. But I just really encourage listeners to not try harder this year, get more connected, um, get yourself in a mastermind group. And you can do that by maybe getting one other friend to come up with two other people and you come up with two people and then you can get there faster. But we've been meeting for three years and that's had a transformational uh, impact on my business. Uh, it's the best decision I ever made. Uh, we're all married and our wives hang out together too. We do special events. And I just want to really encourage you to, to get connected sooner rather than later. Don't just try to keep on being that solo genius. You're not going to do well. And then can you tell us, like, three people, they can be, like, dead or alive, but, like, three people you kind of, like, I guess, aspire, you know, you kind of study and, and, you know, watch them. You have any people like that in your life? Like, I guess yeah, you... yeah. Um, one guy that I really like, he's, uh, he's got his own podcast. His name is Michael Hyatt, and he's got a podcast called This Is Your Life. And he also has a subscription service, which is something where you can sign up for $30 a month and be part of a community, and you're all talking about goals. And that's another way of just kind of being part of, uh, of the same harbor. And when the tide goes up, you're going up too. You're in the same neighborhood with everybody who's trying to do it as well. But Michael Hyatt, uh, his podcast is called This Is Your Life. I really like him. I, I admire him a lot. Uh, let's see who else would I really like. Um, I, I follow um, – 
the work of several people. Let's see. I really enjoy um, the work of John Lee Dumas, and we talked about him, Entrepreneur on Fire. And uh, he's got a, a great podcast there. And then there's a guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, Chris. Uh, his name is Greg McCowan, M-C-K-E-O-W-N. He wrote a great book called uh, Essentialism. And he's talking about how do you say no to things when everybody wants a piece of you. Maybe you work, maybe you don't uh, for other people, and they all want something. How do you just say no to friends, family, even bosses, and still have a job, still have a marriage, still have a relationship, still have friendships? Because you get a mission. you get got something you want to do. So Essentialism is an amazing book. So those are three people that I just uh, – I like their spirit. I like that what they're about. They kick me in the butt, and uh, they keep me going. Okay. And then you, you name Essentialism. Do you have any other books you really like? Like, it's like two other books? Yeah, there's, there's one I really like called um, The One Thing. And I actually get two hours and 45 minutes. But if you're looking for more productivity, it's an oldie but goodie. And it's called Getting Things Done by David Allen. Getting Things Done. So Getting Things Done, The One Thing. Uh, and then I'd also recommend Essentialism. Those are three that I love. Okay. And what advice would you give to people that's on this personal development journey? And like I said, we kind of touched on it again, but I just want to rehash it. Like they're just really on this journey. They're just really trying to improve and grow in life and just find themselves. Yeah, I would say a couple things. I'd say four things. First, have a weekly personal business meeting. Have written goals. You've got to have written goals so you don't have a prayer. Then you've got to get around people that you can share those goals with to increase your chances. Don't do it alone. And then, you ready for this one? Start serving and helping people before you blow up and get big. Don't wait for you to make a lot of money or make it rich before you start serving. Uh, if you think you're a musician, go play. If you think you're an artist, create art. If you think you're a speaker, do a free talk. If you think you're a coach, go find some people to coach before you get a nickel. Just give back, give back, and eventually, if you're where you need to be, people will start throwing money at you. And you know, Chris, that's what happened for me. I did a lot of free talks when I first started off. And one day somebody said, hey, I heard you were a speaker. Uh, we've got something going on in our company. How much do you charge for an hour? And you know what? I did it on my lunch hour, and I made two-thirds of my entire week's salary for that one hour. And I said, you know what? I think I'm going to go into this. But I started by doing rubber chicken lunches and lunches and, and free things and free talks. And it just – I did it for a number of weeks before I get anybody giving me any money. So go out there and serve, help out, get people around your cause, build your tribe, but don't do it alone. So that's what I would say. All right, I want to say thank you for coming through politics oh, with me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I say is there anything we didn't cover you'd like to tell the listeners? I don't think so. I think I think you get the idea. I'm a huge one on don't do it alone. Don't try harder. Get more connected. Uh, I'll leave you with this one quote from our book, and that is, "What is your last mile of denial?" You know, you've you've gone this way. You've gone 90 percent, but there's a part of you that's still kind of faking yourself out. You're lying to yourself. What is it? You know, maybe another metaphor is you've locked the front door. You've locked the side door, but you left the basement door open, and you're going to get robbed. So when you're willing to walk the last mile of denial, and that might be the weekly personal business meeting, that might, might be getting yourself in a group or getting some help, then everything changes. But until you walk that last mile of, of denial, you're just kind of a poser. So walk that last mile. 
Since 2008, there has been one website, www.polpolitikin.com, on top of the music business, behind the scenes, and on the front line. Chris Porter, a.k.a. Pole Politikin. Mr. Porter has worked with everybody, Universal Motown Records, Young Money, Rockefeller Records, and more. Pole Politikin is a conscious brand that aligns with artists, businesses, and brands to get more exposure. What are you waiting for? It's time to open your mind to the other side of the music business. Log on to www.popolitikin.com. That's www.popolitikin.com. Call 760-717-5803 for your interview. That number again is 760-717-5803. 